does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. I've changed my name, Ryan. It's not Bonnie D. Graham. It's Bonnie D. We're rebranding. So welcome, 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 welcome. Happy to have you here. This is part two of a topic I covered a while ago, but it was so exciting. I have two of the original four panelists back and we've added two newbies. So I've decided, as I've been doing the past couple of weeks, of course, we're talking about AI and something. Uh, I've decided to ask ChatGPT to help me write another other poem instead of just sitting here and reading a whole bunch of prose to you. So I've asked my guests to see if they can smile during the poem, if they like it or not. It's kind of like, yeah, you got to smile. So let me read this and then we'll get to the introduction. So lesson up, everybody. And by the way, guests, wave hello to LinkedIn, wave hello to Facebook. There we are. Good, good. Okay. Inquiring minds sought wisdom, a vision to see from chat GPT, a glimpse of what's to be. The future of creativity, we earnestly plea with AI in the mix. What shall it decree? Jason isn't smiling yet. AI, a marvel with creative sparks to ignite. In music, art, and tales, it takes its flight. Yet still it strives to reach human insight, a partnership perhaps in the creative light. Collaborate, some say, AI and us in tandem. This was a hard one to rhyme. Crafting art and stories together will fathom, ah, sort of, humans for emotions, storytelling's anthem. Gene struggling with me, right? Machines for the mundane, not a phantom. I put that in. Or will AI ascend, surpass human thought, innovation unbound by circuits wrought? Hmm. Sounds like wrought iron. Emotions in machines, a challenge sought, a deep dive into minds, a quest we've brought. Movie quotes we seek on creativity's theme from the greatest showman where dreams gleam, quote, we must embrace weirdness, the film's grand scheme, to create the extraordinary, let's chase that dream. Another gem from the soloist appears. In 2009, a story that brings us to tears. Creativity's in all, it gently steers, nurturing our genes, conquering our fears. Part two awaits with experts so wise. Wave when I call your name. Gene Williams, Jason Palmatier, J.R. Johnson, and Glenda Benavides are our prize in the age of AI where emotions arise. The future of creativity will surmise. Join me, Bonnie D, to explore where creativity will be real if AI logic takes over what our human hearts feel. The future of human creativity in the age of AI emotion versus logic. What'd you all think? Did you like it? A little bit long, but not bad. Not yeah. bad. I had to fix it. The fathom and the phantom was a little bit, little bit weird, but I had to fix that. So I'm happy to have all of you here. Here's our speaking order for today. First, Gene, then Jason, then JR, and then Glenda. So Gene Williams, I did my math. I have a magic audience calculator, Gene. I did my math for you and Glenda just before the show. Doesn't apply to Jason and JR. Because you two have both been on, uh, Glenda, several times, Gene, once before, I found out that there are exactly 17.862 people in the world who don't remember you, Gene. Just, just, just. <laughs> Glenda, there's a few, fewer who don't because you've been on so many times. So why don't you talk to those? I can't even remember the number. Gene, reintroduce yourself. Tell us what's your passion for AI and creativity. And welcome back. Gene, go ahead. 
Thank you. I'm Gene Williams. I'm a mastering engineer and a um, musical artist. I'm also a producer. Uh, and as far as AI and me go, it's, um, I, I, I use it uh, regularly in, in what I do. So like, um, you know, within the realms of audio, there's a lot of AI predictive stuff at this point that if you're a mastering engineer, you are at least aware of it because some of it's taking your job, but other parts is helping you out. So, so it's, it's a, a wonderful new, you know, broad world that, that's uh, introducing a lot of potentially cool and interesting new techniques at the very least. At the very least. Thank you very much, Gene. Welcome back. Let's go to one of our newcomers, Jason Palmatier. You're up, putting you on speaker view. Jason, welcome. And now you got to do the whole thing. Take your whole three minutes. Tell us exactly who you are and what's your passion for AI. Why are you here? Jason, okay. welcome. Oh, uh, well, I'm Jason Palmatier. I'm a former software developer. And now I uh, mostly write sort of uh, what we considered social sci-fi so it's looking at science fiction and its impact on society you know if there's some sort of technological revolution so my passion for ai really came out of um i wrote a short story that happened to be an ai short story that's in the l ron hubbard uh, writers of the future volume 39 and i wrote it before the ai stuff kind of exploded and in it uh ai's kind of exist in the world and they're indistinguishable from real people um, but they don't exist. They're not physically there. They exist on this like meta layer in which uh, if you're a regular person, you get a chip installed and the meta layer interfaces with all your senses. And so it can add stuff to your senses as it comes in. So if you look at somebody and they broadcast a mohawk on their head, you would see a mohawk on their head. Um, and so AIs at this point can broadcast themselves out and look like real people and you can interact with them. And it sort of came out of uh, the pandemic with uh, Zoom meetings where I realize there's a bunch of people I know that I've never met in person. And I'm like, well, they could be AIs technically. I mean, computer graphics are almost to the point where you could fake a person, you know, and then as long as they knew how to do speech, they could be an AI. And so it sort of revolved out of that. And in the story, um, the AI, what the characters are trying to, you know, deal with is the fact of what do you consider real? at that point, if, you know, all the stuff's being added in, is that AI a real person or not? Um, and we're not at that point today, but we are at the point of AIs producing things that traditionally only humans could produce. And we're trying to decide now, like, well, is that is that real to us? If an AI produces a song all by itself, is that a real song? Or if it's a, you know, work of art, is that a real, is that really art? Um, and so that's my, sort of my passion for it now is the fact that we're, we're at this point um, and AIs are different than any other technology in the sense of, you know, you take two AIs and you have like a baseline, like neural network, and you start them one on this server, one on that server. Well, within like two or three like computational cycles, this AI is going to learn something if they're looking at something different that this AI doesn't know and this AI, AI is going to learn something. So now they're individuals. And so like 30, you know, 30 days down the road, if you tell both of them to produce an artwork, like with a barn and some, you know, cows in a field, they'll produce totally different things. So because of that, it's a really interesting question of whether they have produced art because they're doing the same thing that people do, using their experiences to create something. Thank you. I've met several humans who are still trying to be real people. So <laughs> yeah. do, do you know I was going to go for that? Jason, when did you get into writing your, your sci-fi? Is this something recent? Or, uh, you said you were a software engineer, just chrono chronologically. How long have you been writing? Uh, probably about 14 years. And I started out, I kind of wanted to do books, like write a novel. And then I got sidetracked uh, with a, a couple of friends who had projects and stuff. I have one friend who does screenplays. So I wrote a few screenplays with him, like on spec scripts. And then I got into some comics. Somebody found out I was a writer and, and 
does indie comics. So I did some comic writing, some graphic novels. And I so have eventually, the wrong friends. I should be, I should be meeting these people. I would have been a novelist by now in a comic book. Go ahead, finish your sentence, and then yeah. we got to move on. Go ahead. Yeah, and so then essentially that's it. I ended up writing. I'm still. I've written a couple books, but then I wrote the short story that uh, placed in the contest. So. Very cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank, thanks for that. Uh, I use ChatGPT, obviously, and I use something called Night Cafe Studio okay. for my AI artwork. It's not mid-journey. A lot of, most people use mid-journey, but I use the other one, and it's a lot of fun. I'm still learning prompting. I'm still learning how to fine-tune what I'm looking for. Thank yeah. you, Jason. Lovely to meet you. J.R. Johnson. We're not going to ask who shot Jr. because you're alive and well and very present here. Sorry, I had to throw that in. Anybody remembers? <laughs> okay, Jr. Welcome. Please tell us who you are. We want to know all about you. What do you What do you do? What's your relationship to AI? And <clears throat> how did you get to do what you do? Welcome, Jr. Thank you. Um, I'm Jr. Johnson. I have not been shot, fortunately, but <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm a writer, and what do writers do? They spend a lot of time thinking about living other lives, and so that's a lot of what I think about when I'm thinking about AI, the role of AI, the role of computers, the role of new tools, the new contexts, and new places. So, in terms of who I am, I. Uh, I'm a writer. I also have a long history of academic experience. So I've, you know, I have several degrees. I was in the midst of doing my dissertation and thought, you know, this is great and all, but wouldn't it be nice to spend a little time not in the numbers? I actually could have used an AI when I was doing my data analysis, I will say. Um, but I was like, you know, I'd just love to spend some time creating things in a world where everything is exciting, everything is dynamic, everything is possible. And so I started getting back into writing. I had written very little when I was very small. And so I started getting into this. And this is probably 10 years ago now, maybe a little more. So like Jason, I've been, you know, kind of going back and forth thinking about what I could do. Do I do a novel? Do I do short stories? I started doing both. And um, <laughs> I do a lot of different things in the speculative fiction realm. So some science fiction, some fantasy, um, some regular fiction, just standard, you know, who are you in a day-to-day -day basis kind of a fiction. But mostly I like, I like science fiction. I like fantasy. I like magic. I like possibility. So what I really enjoy about the concept of AI, the ideas of AI are incorporated into my stories, usually not quite as scientifically perhaps as Jason's. And I really love his story in the Writers of the Future, volume 39 book is fantastic. I really liked it. Um, my story, yes, my story has, it has an AI in it, but it's more what I think of as an everyday AI. It's, it's the AI that runs a ship. So my story is called piracy for beginners. And it has to do with a ship captain who ends up under fire from pirates and she has to get out of the problem. And her ship is one of the, one of the people who helps her achieve this mission. So the ship has a personality, the ship has characteristics, the ship has its own ideas of what should happen. And I wrote it and a lot of it is what I think of as, uh, it, the ship is just another character in, in the story. And that's what I really enjoy about it. Of course, I'm the sort of person who is like polite to my microwave. I'm that sort of person, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I don't, I, like, not that I'm afraid it's going to turn on me in the night or anything, but you know, it just seems like if you're a, if you're a nice person, you shouldn't slam the door of your microwave or you should yeah, say nice hey. things to your mower or what have you. So I agree. Well, <laughs> nice to meet you. I, I used to, I remember bringing back a memory, JR, when I used to come home from school, I would walk into the yard and maybe I was busy doing something in my, my book bag or whatever. And I would bump into a tree on the lawn and I would always turn around and apologize to it. Now this right. was long <laughs> before, but it just, yeah, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't interrupt you and bother your roots or something. Anyway, very nice to meet you. Interesting. I love the, the, the twists and turns of the past of where we all have come from, where we're going to, the changes of used to be you worked for one company. Gene, you heard about that, right? That's One true. company, Ernie, Ernie Ford, Tennessee Ernie Ford, 16 tons, what do you get another day older and deeper in debt? And blah, blah, about working. I owe my soul to the company store. That's it. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, no more. Glenda, we are so happy to have you back. You're so gorgeous. I never know what color your hair is going to be, but you always know what color <laughs> mine is. Hope I didn't embarrass you. Glenda, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please update us? Remember the 17.872? Oh, I think I added a point in there. Who don't remember you? Talk to them. Glenda, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> Bonnie D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Glenda Benavides. I am a singer and a songwriter. I am also an author for a book called Courage and Find Your Fire, Ignite Action in Your Life. I, um, I'm a huge supporter of right now uh, planting trees with, so whenever you buy anything of mine, I plant a tree for you. So those are, those are some of the things that I do. I, I just, I love people. I love entertaining. I love uplifting humanity and raising awareness. So that's been my, my passion and inside of being an entertainer and a singer and a songwriter and just being a good human. Tell me Which about is- AI. Why are you here talking about AI again, Glenda? Come on, give I- me the link. AI is so great. I love technology. I I love it. And, you know, AI has been a friend for me. So especially if you feel stymied, you know, and you can't really figure out like, well, how should I say that? Um, and, and what does that form look like? Because a lot of times as, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're looking, you know, we're looking into connecting to somebody else inside of what format do they need to be spoken to. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing that, you need to relate to them in a way that they can hear you. You just can't go, hi, I'm a, you know. Um, So I love it because I can jump on AI and go, how do I do a one sheet? How do I do this? How do I do that for this person or this company or this business? So I, I find it one of my best friends. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. And I'll tell you something. I, I, I'm living in Tennessee and there's still a local newspaper that comes, free paper that comes in 85% of it is advertising. So I take the insert and throw it out. Anyway, uh, they don't do recycling here anymore. It's too expensive, believe it or not. So, uh, but I keep the, the puzzle, the crossword puzzle. And uh, when I first moved here, I was kind of lonely, didn't know a lot of people. So every Saturday I would treat myself to a good sandwich or something. And I'd sit down with a pen, always do my crosswords in pen and do the puzzle. But I found out that there were certain things the editors had put in the puzzles that just some sports things, things I wasn't familiar with. What did I do? I asked Alexa. 
who's in my kitchen? I didn't say, Alexa, what's a five-letter word for 35 across? I'd say, Alexa, what are the common names of such and such a writer? Or what about what this team name is? Or who did this? Or in what car was debuted in 1947 that only came in blue? I don't know. And she wasn't always right, but most of the time she was. So mm -hmm. I completed my crossword puzzles going to, in you gotta love it with the help of Alexa. Come on. That's really, I can't remember something. It's almost as good as Shazam. Yes, correct. A fact. Except if I say what movie starts so-and-so, she'll say, oh, the movie's playing in, in Loudoun, Tennessee this weekend. Or she doesn't, she can't make that leap of faith. Thank you all for the introductions. Really fascinating. I'm so happy to meet Jason and JR brand new and to welcome Glenda and Jean back. Let's go to the quotes. I've asked each of you to send me a fictional quote from a character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that does not say AI. Not too many do. We have to admit that. And, although some do. And you're going to relate the quote in your own words to our topic. So Jean Williams has sent me the following quote. Oh, this is definitely not an AI movie. This was Lee played by Bruce Lee. Enter the Dragon, 1973, boy, that goes back in time, martial arts film, American Hong Kong co-production. I have the Chinese words for it, directed by Robert Klaus from a story by Michael Allen. Bruce Lee, this was his final film, stars with Jim Kelly and John Saxon. I remember John Saxon. It premiered one month after Bruce Lee passed away. It combined martial arts action with spy film elements and the emerging black exploitation genre and it led to the creation of that genre. So here is the quote Gene has selected. When the opponent expands, I contract. When he contracts, I expand. I'm not doing a good Bruce Lee impersonation. I'm sorry, Gene. Let me start again. When the opponent expands, I contract. When he contracts, I expand. And when there is an opportunity, I do not hit. It hits all by itself. Oh, Gene, tell me what this means and how does it relate to AI? Go ahead. So uh, it, in in much the same way that we work, AI, I'm seeing this happen with AI. AI, you know, um, AI is learning the, the basic fundamentals of, if you're familiar with martial arts, all of you that have done any kind of martial art knows what the horse stance is. It's where you stand there in one position for an ungodly long time to show that you have proper form, right? Well, that's part of where AI, I kind of think, is kind of now. He's standing in the horse stance, just kind of prepping. Eventually, though, that stance, you realize it's it's the place where you you have your power at, it's the center. Um, and having that kind of knowledge so that you don't have to think about what you do, you just do. I see the AI is getting closer and closer to that. It still gets stymied on certain things, but it's growing and it's um, it's getting to a point where it's not quite anticipating my questions, but it's getting much closer to it. And at least it's giving me like, in, in, in here's the truth. It's not the AI that's learning. It's me that's learning how to talk with AI. So very well put. Very, very interesting. The human part. Look, people created it. It was somebody's idea, right? Okay. So as we learn what we think we want it to be, we learn what we need to give it. And that's yes. where that's where the bumps in the night is. You're learning from my novel. You didn't pay me for it. You're learning from my art. But Da Vinci died hundreds of years ago. Should we ask his permission? Th this is where we're getting into. They're, they're almost, Gene, you almost could say there's a pride of ownership. It's like, oh, well, absolutely. I, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. And, and, and Jason could say, I wrote a book. And, and, and AI is using my book to train in certain language and sci-fi things. And Jason could be very excited rather than saying, well, when am I going to pay, get paid for that? So it could be a 
Good, good, Gene. You were going to make a comment back. Go ahead. Uh, just, just that, that correct. And and at the same time, though, um, a great example is that the AI can do things that that I don't want to do. That's that's one of the things that I love about it. Um, the other is is it's opening up. A great example is is a couple of days ago, I got in a um, a, a really messy song file that needed to be cleaned up. Um, I knew some some basic approaches to it, but there's also there's an online AI thing that does specifically that, and I wanted to see what it could do. Now, while it didn't do a good enough job for me, it pointed out three or four things that I wasn't aware of, and I'm like, how did it do that? And now it's teaching me to learn mm. more about this and this because it was able to do that. If it yeah. could do that, I could do that too. <laughs> Interesting. They say that AI, because of ethical considerations, needs guardrails. You just pointed out that AI can serve as a guide post. A hundred percent. To and, and us the, and the, what we, we need to do. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, the guardrail thing I think is really great because something that, uh, in the mastering engineers world, AI has been around for over a decade. We, you know, we, mm -hmm. we've and initially people were really balking at it. But here's the truth is like in the long run, it does way more good than it does harm. And harm's kind of a, uh, it's, it's, it's a loose terminology there. Um, there you go. Because we'll, we all do harm. I mean, I wake up we'll some days leave and I it kill as bacteria. A loose... So there we are. <laughs> we'll leave it as a loose terminology. Thank you very much. Gene, let me go to Jason Palmatier. And Jason has sent us a quote from George Russell's valet, Mr. Watson, played by Michael Cerveris. The movie is, or it's a TV show. Oh, yes. It's The Gilded Age, season one, episode seven, called Irresistible Change. It aired on March 7, 2022, so not that long ago. American Historical Drama Television Series. I think I started to watch that. Um, yes, uh, I know who's in that one. Yes, Christine Baranski. I'm, I'm not much for, for period pieces in that terms, but created by Julian Fellows, of course, for HBO. Set in the U.S. during the Gilded Age, the boom years of the 1880s in New York City, originally for NBC. They moved it to HBO. So here, and a young woman enters 1882 New York City's rigid social scene. She's drawn into the daily conflicts surrounding the new money Russell family and the established Van Reinbrook family who are neighbors on Fifth Avenue. Let's leave it at that. Here is the quote Jason picked. Cooking and cleaning will all be done with electricity before you know it. Now, remember, the context is 1882. How'd you find this, Jason? I just stumbled on it. I don't watch a lot of television, so when you needed a quote, I was like, oh, I remember that one from the show. I literally watched it two days ago. And um, I, it, it struck, it stuck with me because it was like, I, I laughed when I first heard it. I'm like, well, you're talking about like electricity is going to be zapping around, cleaning stuff and everything. But then a little while later, I realized, oh, he was sort of right. And, and sort of right in the same way that we're, you know, the conversation around AI is right, which is, uh, yes, AI is going to do some of the jobs that we do right now. Uh, but then you have to ask yourself, you know, kind of Gene said, you know, alluded to this. Uh, you have to ask yourself, and Glenda too, actually, uh, are those the jobs that we want to be doing? Like if we didn't have to do them? Like, you know, back then they didn't have wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. They had a rug. And they'd have to roll it, you know, take the furniture off, roll it up, take it outside, beat it, roll back up, bring it in, put all the furniture on. Well, if you could just have a vacuum cleaner running on electricity, you know, vacuum that rug in 10 minutes, that's better. So, yeah, you don't have to do that job. You don't have that job anymore, but you might not have wanted that job in the first place. And so I feel that that's the way AI is going to sort of pan out is that it will in, in you know, its current state, it helps you do things that you don't really want to do. And in art, one of the things is if you ask an AI, you mentioned this actually, Bonnie, where 
you ask the AI to do something, it doesn't do exactly what you want. But mm-hmm. if you, it might do 80% of what you want. And then if you can go in and do the last 20% yourself, then you didn't have to do that 80%, like the background scene, if you don't really care about it or something, it can, it can make that for you. So I think that's where we are with AI. Well, the problem being that AI uh, could possibly at some point do it all the way and do it better than us. And the real problem with AI is that it's a time differential in the sense that like, is it a problem that an AI could write a short story the same as me or better than me? No, but if the AI can write that short story in 10 minutes and it's going to take me a week or two weeks, then all of a sudden this AI can now put everybody who writes short stories out of business because one AI can just pound out a whole ton of short stories, right? Same thing. That's one of the writer strike issues in Hollywood was the fact that they studios wanted AIs to you know, pound out a bunch of scripts. So I think that's where it is. But I think right now, like saying, it's helpful. So. Yes. And you brought up a great point, uh, Jason, that companies are saying that upskilling their employees and taking those boring, mundane, Charlie Chaplin types of assembly line jobs away and saying, you're a human, you have a brain, it yeah. wants to do more than pushing the same budget and get but button and getting the same widget all the time. So your point was well taken that it, it will say you don't have to do that anymore. The question is a lot of people may like to just keep pushing that button and making those widgets. <laughs> yeah. But that that's all that's all Gene liked it. That's all other <laughs> argument. Thank you very much. Yes. And that, that goes, Jason, to what I said before is is you might be very proud. Wow, my AI is using one of my novels to train on how to write sci-fi. And somebody else will say, damn, what about the rights to my book? It stole it. So that's that fine line. And that's what the writer's strike was about. We won't go into that. That's a whole other show I'm not going to do. Let's move on. Thank you. JR has picked a quote, one of our favorites. This is an oldie goldie, I call it, not a moldy. It's from Doc Emmett Brown, Christopher Lloyd, of course, Back to the Future, 1985, going back in time, American sci-fi comedy franchise directed by Robert Zemeckis. We all notice the adventures of 1985 high school student Marty McFly, who I think is number 14 on the AFI's top 100. Oh, yeah. The film was the highest grossing film of 85 and became an international phenomenon. Here we go. In 2019, Empire Magazine selected Marty McFly as the 12th greatest movie character of all time. I wanted to read that for you, Jr. And so here we are, um, this eccentric scientist, Doc Brown. And he just takes this DeLorean and he makes a time machine and they go back and Marty has to save his family. And will they meet and will he get born and all that good stuff? And then they got to get back. So here's the quote. Rhodes, where we're going, we don't need roads. JR, take it away. Well, I love that quote. I think a lot of people do, but I love that quote in this context because it was uh, both <laughs> a sign of the transition that we're going through, right? Like here we are in one position, we're looking forward to the future. We're looking at the possibilities of the future, um, but also there's a lot of potential here, right? And so you've got a view of the future that could be a lot of things, but in so many ways, it's going to be very different from what we know now, right? Um, I do think that what we've talked about so far already is absolutely true, right? A lot of what I think AI will be doing in the future will be the things we don't want to do, right? It'll be the carpet beating. It'll be the the numerical calculations, it'll be the typing stuff, right? It'll be, how do I write this form in the exact format that the whatever passport office requires? For example, there are a lot of tedious tasks that we don't wanna do, nobody wants to do it, we just want them done. 
So I think that there's going to be a lot of that going on. But I think also, interestingly, Jason's point relates to this quote as well, right? In the 1880s, there was electricity and it had a lot of potential. It was it was a thing without a real purpose yet. I mean, they had electricity and that sort of thing, right? Lighting was pretty much where they stopped. But so many different versions of what electricity could do have played out in the time since then that it's become a completely different thing. Now, <laughs> excuse me, one thing that I find really interesting is that in the 1880s, I forget exactly when, Jason, you may know, but in the 1880s, right, the first the first motor vehicles were electric, well, after steam, were electric powered, right? And we've come back to that now, right? After a hundred and some years, electric vehicles are now a thing again. At the same time, you've got, you know, in the 1880s, there were a lot of craftsmen. There were people who could, you know, there were people who made the rugs, yes, but... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just so excited. Um, there are people who made the rugs, but also people who would do things like woodworking or stonemasons or what have you, right? Very detailed things that machines couldn't do, right? And so we spent the last hundred years or so building a system, right? Building an industrial and social context in which we could get machines to do these things. And essentially it was cramming people into squares machine-shaped squares in a sense, right? That's, you know, the assembly line, Ford, for example, Charlie Chaplin, that whole idea, right? We changed to fit the possibility of, of the technology. And so now we're going to do it again, I think, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Part of it will be becoming a, uh, a better prompt engineer, right? Figuring out mm -hmm. how to talk to this new tool. And that's really all it is. It's a tool. And we've had it for a long time, right? AI, uh, I think the actual phrase AI was invented in like 1950. It's been around for a very long time. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was just talking last night or two nights ago, basically saying, yes, I love AI. It's great. It's been doing things for us in the scientific community mm -hmm. for years. And it's fantastic because it's doing things we can't do or can't do efficiently. So again, Jason, uh, you know, it, it, the machine can do something in 10 minutes that would take me two weeks, right? The first, you know, for the moon landing, there were actual people computing actual trajectories by hand. You've probably yep. seen the movie, but come on. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Could you no. do it? Yeah, no. <laughs> but now and all of us could do that with the machine. And I, I hope that that's where we're heading, that there's certainly more positives and that it'll get integrated into our lives in a productive and interesting way, probably the ways we can imagine but it will be so different, right? We won't need the we won't need the parts of the past that we're leaving behind. And you know something, Jr. You were mentioning electricity was basically a solution waiting for a problem to happen. Way oh, we could cook <laughs> with it, we could turn lights. Well, think about this. In the news recently is the um, enormous amount of electricity that AI requires yes. to just do simple things. We haven't been talking about it. Well, I'm not talking about it on my show, but people haven't been, oh, look at this. I got this. ChatGPT did this. And look at this beautiful drawing that Midjourney did for me or Night Cafe Studio did for me. We aren't thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. They say it's, it's, it was almost a, a whole country of Genius. electricity to power a simple AI calculation. <laughs> we it haven't is. faced up to that yet. So I'm thinking, 
without electricity from Jason, we're still talking about your movie there, The Gilded Age, 1882. Without electricity, we wouldn't have AI because we wouldn't have something to power it. So there. Thank you, JR. I wanted to tie that up in a neat bow. Let's move on. <laughs> Ms. Glenda Benavides, I'm looking. Oh, this is a also an interesting quote, very favorite. It's from Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, The Matrix, 1990. Well, we've got some interesting movies here today. Written by the Wachowskis. Wachowskis, this is the first installment of the Matrix film series starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, Joe Pantoliano. Oh, my goodness gracious. And here is the quote, and you're going to have to really do your work here, Glenda, to relate it to the topic. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Glenda, <laughs> unravel. Go yeah. ahead. Jason, Jason can't wait for this one. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's it's that's where we are. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are right here. What, what are we choosing? Right? Yeah. And I think that um well, there's a couple of things I wanted to say based on what everybody else was talking about. And I really, I really feel like, you know, fear is the culprit. You know, if you need to allow yourself to open up, educate yourself and embrace things. And once you can do that, then you, then you're in the driver's seat, then you're in control. Um, it's like taking that, if you take the red pill, you're taking that, that chance, that opportunity that possibility, stepping into something that's unknown, stepping into something that that you that you could find out about yourself. And once you know we work with AI, we can like use it as as like uh, Jr was saying, like tools. We use it as in our as our tool and embrace that. We can discover a lot of things about ourselves, about about you know. I I love. I'm going to do a side on this, but Gene was saying, well, you know, back in the day, there's buggy whip makers, you know, and they have, they eventually, you know, stopped making buggy whips because we're not, you know, driving buggy, right? So like there was a whole population that was surrounded buggy whips, right? And they went away and, and I'm sure they were afraid at first, but then they sidestepped into something else and then allowed themselves to be. Maybe they didn't want to be a buggy whip maker. Maybe they really wanted to just crochet, you know, or <laughs> something, you know. So He's going to fall off his chair. Glenda, please. I don't have fall off, chair, chair, fall off chair insurance for my guests. So please take it easy yeah. on him, Glenda. Sorry. Um, but I, I just love that thought because then it, it allows you to really discover like what is inside of you? You get to you get to inner reflect instead of outer reflect, doing the same old thing over and over and over. So it's allowing us to to take that red pill, to step into fully who we are and discover that as a possibility, and then work with AI and then make choices from that and not to be fearful of it. You know. Thank you. And it reminds me of a Gloria Gaynor song. I'm I'm surprised you didn't break. You know where I'm going to go with this. First, First I was, I was afraid. afraid. I, I was, was petrified. petrified. 
she does better than me, but my intentions were good. Thank you all for the quotes. I don't know any other anybody who runs a show about AI where people laugh. I, I'm just so happy that we're all having a good time. This is we're a very happy panel today. And, and let me tell you, the world needs happy people, right? We need something to smile about. Let's just put it that way. So let's go to predictions. I have picked two predictions from Gene. He was on part one and he sent me some new predictions for part two. And I'm going to combine prediction one and two and reverse order, Gene. So just bear with me. They're very brief. And then you'll take three minutes. So here's how it's going to work. I don't know how many fingers you all have on your hands. I've got 10. There we go. You can see them. And there's one finger in the middle that's the mean one. I don't respond to that. But JR and Jason saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can respond if you have a comment to make, a one-minute comment, not a rebuttal, but a comment to expand what Gene says. Wiggle one of your nice fingers at me. Just one of the, and I'll see it. Okay? That's the way I respond. That's the way I roll. So here are the predictions from Gene Williams. He says, AI art will make art, because we're talking about creativity. AI art will make art created by humans more valuable, but it will also be more challenging to pursue a traditional artistic career. Okay, that's the first one. The second one is, he says, within five years, we'll have a number of new categories for awards due to AI. <laughs> awards like, listen up, everybody, AI-inspired, AI-assisted, and AI only creations. Gene, I hope you don't mind that I combine them, but I thought they'd oh, be no, nice, no. nice to go together. So Gene, take your three minutes of glory and let's see if anybody has anything <laughs> to say. Not required, but it would be nice. Go ahead, Gene. So um, obviously like the, the idea that um, AI is doing some kinds of art, we, 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 we mentioned about like, you know, it's that right now we think of it as low hanging fruit. Well, listening both to what ChatGPT does, looking at some of the visual art stuff, and also having used AI a lot in the job that I do, I absolutely think that AI art is going to do um, a lot of not just taking over those low-hanging jobs, but it's going to challenge us because of it, in the same way that it has me, there's been visual art that I've, I've been like, wow, that's, that's incredible. It's it. I mean, yes, the hand coming out the side of the head's weird, but aside from that little part, you know, I really, really dig that. And it's also, I kind of like the fact that AI doesn't know everything yet. It shows me, especially in the artistic side, things that I hadn't thought about. It puts things together some in ways that you're like, oh my God, I'd never thought of this. This is weird. It's wacky, but you know what? In, two, you know, two weeks after I've seen four or five more similar that I'm like, no, this is a trend. Now with the idea of AI um, taking into to cat, uh, awards categories, why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, because it's such a, a powerful tool. It's the kind of thing like, you know, we, we award people for best charcoal drawing or best oil painting. Well, this is going to be the same kind of thing. And I think this is the part that I like the best. I think the AI is going to get people to come up with new and better and cooler and weirder art. And really, isn't that what this is all about? I mean, art is, is this idea of human expression stuff um, that we wouldn't be both challenged and grow from that is just uh, that that to me is just silly to 
I can't buy that. Of course, we're going to, you know, we're going to step up again. Buggy whip makers didn't just fall over dead and starve and, and their children went, you know, without clothes. No, they figured out something new to do. Not that. <laughs> exactly. oh JR didn't say where we're going. We don't need clothes. He said, we don't need roads. Sorry, JR. <laughs> but in a nutshell, I think that, that, that kind of sums it up. I really do think that there's going to be more um, the challenges that AI presents or the threat, if 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 you want to phrase it that way, isn't so much a um, a negative thing. It's just it's a thing. It is just a mm-hmm. thing. And just like climbing up a hill, you don't stop because the hill's mm-hmm. there. You you put one foot in front of the other and you climb that sucker. So we're trying to get used to embracing and using and making optimistic inroads and future paths with something that's been around more than most people even know and they've been using it. And if you've got Alexa in your house, you're using an AI, you don't even know it for God's yes. sake. Yes. And if you took it away, people say, wait a minute, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't have nests and smart homes. Oh, well, okay. All right. Get over yourself. Exactly. Red pill. Red pill. Anybody have any quick comments on what Jean said or... Nope. Okay. I'm going to move on. I want to, want to keep going because we're, we're getting close on the time here. So Jason, I'm combining two predictions for you. I never do this, but they just look like they go together. Listen up, everybody. Jason says, AI will allow creatives to be more productive as the artist's personal AI becomes trained in their brand hmm. and will be able to produce an approximation of what the artist wants, which the artist then refines. There's our collaboration assistant. And then he says, Trained AIs will be loaned out or subcontracted to other projects that want to use utilize the same look and feel as the previous project the AI worked on. That's cool. Fascinating. Jason, mm-hmm. three minutes. Go. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, that that's a very – that's the – sort of pivotal part of an AI is the fact that like you guys are all talking about using this AI, like Gene, you're talking about using some of these AIs for your projects and that AI is learning your style, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's becoming your partner in the creative process. And so by the end of, you know, using it for a while, that AI is going to, like you say, it doesn't really, it almost predicts what you're going to, you know, do next, right? It almost anticipates what you're going to have. And I think that, um, that, that aspect of AI is the most uh, what do you say, critical to understanding why AI is different than some other technologies in the past. Other uh, technologies made us more productive, right? Like word processors and all that kind of stuff. That made us more productive and being able to do digital art on your computer. But it didn't actually uh, learn from us and become, you know, a part of our process uh, beyond helping us do it. And so that's why I really think that AIs in the future are going to be. Uh, considered like partners. Um, one of my other predictions is you didn't mention is that, that, that people will, you, you'll think, you'll especially if you can talk to your AI, you'll think of your AI as, as a, another person, just like we talk, you know, people talk to the Roombas and all that kind of stuff. You assign personalities naturally to things. And so I think that's going to happen with AIs, um, especially ones that we work so closely with for, to, you know, be creative. So. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I like the trained in the brand, and that goes with text prompting, right? Prompting, and yeah. that goes with with uh, I follow certain artists on Night Cafe Studio. There's a chat that goes up on the right hand side, a sidebar, and you get to see what people are submitting to view that they've created. And you can go and follow those people. You get extra free credits too if you follow people, and uh, you can see what their prompts are. And that's how we're learning we're learning from the human prompt that went into the ai that created the art that the human said yes that's what i want and then they shared it with other humans and with ai 
goes around and around and around. Any quick comments on what Jason shared or can I move on? Everybody good? Okay. All right. Good. Jean gave me the double thumbs up. It must be time to move on. Okay. JR, here's we go. We're going to prediction number four. You say, I, I will help everyone do more to create everyday beauty. But in the same way that the computer helped people understand there's more to writing a novel than throwing words at a page, AI will help people appreciate creative artistry. I really want to hear this. Go ahead, JR. Well, I hope that's where we're heading, but I think that it's got to be true. Um, certainly when you see what people are doing with it, just these early experimental months, even when people have access to ChatGPT, its various versions and, and cousins and all of that, the things that they are doing are fascinating. I mean, the art is great, can be very weird, but <laughs> like Jean says, but it's the sort of thing that, you know, I can't draw. I always wish that I could. But now I can sit down and say, like Glenda was saying, right, this is a thing that I'm not skilled at, but I have interest in or a need to do, what have you. And so you can sit down and just say, you know, give me a picture of this and it pops it out. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it is. But it's fascinating that you can at least try it. And I think that people are are using it to help expand their imaginations in ways that I find fascinating. So, I mean, this is a, this is an interesting crossover between sort of uh, the text base and the image base. But I saw the other day, I saw something about people um, reimagining history, like transitions in history and asking AI to do it for them. So they were saying like, what if, and then asking a question. So for example, what if, you know, this had happened in Africa, or what if this had happened in the Song Dynasty, you know, in China, or what have you. And then you'd get pictures, you'd get a graphic novel, you'd get this whole story of a place that didn't exist. And it's it's a really fascinating view into what other people are thinking, what they're dreaming, what their, you know, their imagination gone wild. And they're able to share it with people in a way that they haven't been, right? The internet, obviously, is a huge part of that, right? I could sit there and type a whole story about my alternate history, but being able to do it in this way with AI, I think, really expands your your opportunities and opens it up to people. And I also think that, as I said, you know, there is more to writing a, an effective, a good novel to, you know, than just throwing words at a page. Like, yes, the computer came out, you know, the word processor and people were like, oh my God, well, anybody can write anything. It's true. You can sit down and you can put your proverbial monkeys behind the keyboard and you can write whatever you want. It's not necessarily going to be any good. And so I think it's really um, a great way to help everybody understand what is art. Um, not in a way that's exclusive, but, or, or, or sort of drawing boundaries around things, but just saying, yeah, like this is, this is a human endeavor that takes effort and emotion and investment. And sure, AI could do it in some ways. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. Uh, AI could do it with help in some ways. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not, but it is, it's not just a technical endeavor and having people understand that in ways, I think, it's like, yes, I can do the everyday thing, but I really appreciate my favorite author or my favorite artist or whatever it happens to be, right? And so <laughs> is, is that an AI-created picture? <laughs> this is. I'll go to it. Just let me get off of this screen here. Yes, I have created um, a series of, of 
drawings of, of portraits and I call them my AI art sparks. And what That's I do terrific. is I, I give a prompt into, I think uh, Glenda and Jean might remember my doing this on the last time they were on. I go into my night cafe studio and I put in a prompt, give me a redhead woman uh, with on a microphone with wavy red hair smiling, blah, blah, blah. And it will give me something. And if I like it, I save the file and I print it out on film, acetate basically, eight and a half by 11 flexible film. And then I run down the hall to my art studio because the ink dries very quickly in my, I don't have a, a fancy laser printer, just an inkjet, run down and I turn it upside down on a piece of 12 by 12 inch white cardstock. And I rub over the back of it and transfer the ink. And it comes out like a glorified sketch. There's color in it and mm. all the lines are there, but it's not a complete drawing. And it doesn't look like what it did on the screen. So then I take, I love Sergeant Glitter Glue. I pour the glue different colors and I use my fingers and I finger paint and fill in the hair. And wow. I gave her glittery silver earrings. And then I gave her a blue sparkly teal microphone. And then I did her glasses in black glitter, which will look very solid. And I gave her red eyebrows to go with it. And look at those lips. Look at those <laughs> lips. And then I have little fake plastic jewels that are stick on, paste on. And I pick a different shape for each of the eyes. So she's got blue eyes and one is a diamond shape and one is a, an oblong, a rectangle. And I've done about a dozen of these, more than them. And I have my new my new uh, website, akaradiored.com, has a, a whole gallery of these and a local salon, hair salon, found out about them and they're displaying eight of them framed on nice. the walls of the salon. Awesome. Nobody will ever buy them. It's not that kind of clientele, but they wanted to uplift the ambiance of the salon and this is something they've never had there before so thank you for noticing jr i didn't mean to distract you but yes she's one of my favorites she's my That's awesome redhead on the mic thank you so they're mine they're ai i don't know which category would these be in who's the one with the categories um this is ai inspired it's ai assisted Mm. It's not completely AI created because I added the human touch. But thank you very much. I'm going to leave her up for a little bit. I want to go to Glenda's prediction here. I'm going to go to number two. Let's see. We've got, oh, we got seven minutes left. We got to go beat feet. Here we go. Glenda says, great options for us to have collaborations with AI and time to be with others. AI can give us alternate ideas and see new possibilities. It's a faster way of getting your ideas and information out to the world in seconds. Glenda, take your three minutes and then we're just about done. Go ahead. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. And cut. <laughs> well, you wrote it. I read it. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me another. You want me to read the rest of it? You say this canon will save more time to do other things. For example, inside of music could be a powerful partner and tool for helping in the design of a brand new sound or create a sound or an instrument you might not have had the ability to play Oh my, Glenda, give me two minutes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can just see, you know, this would be fun for the future. Hopefully I could just go, I could sit down with my AI and go, I want to, I want to Enya vocal with, you know, uh, a Chicago lyric, you know, or whatever. Like you could just like add a bunch of stuff and it could assist you to do that because I may not have Anya's voice. I may not have certain technical abilities to write certain songs, but I could design it and it could, it could partner with me and I could create a whole new thing and then add my touch with the emotion, bringing in the emotion and the feeling 
from the heart. And so, so there you get, there it is again, <laughs> we're partnering, like Jason said, you know, it's like a really cool partner. It's not like just lay back and do me, you know? <laughs> Jane, careful. I still don't have troll up your ch- ch- Glenda, please. This is a family show. It used to be. Glenda, I can't take you anywhere. By the way, I have to do a, a quick sh- shout out. How many of you came to me through the good graces of Mickey Mickelson, Creative Edge PR? I, me. Glenda yeah. did. Yeah. Jean, how did I meet you? Jean me, Williams. Glenda. Through Glenda. <laughs> and I met Jason through JR, she told me, right? So I want to do a shout out to Mickey. Mickey, uh, hey, Mickey. provides very interesting guests to me for my Monday night creativity <laughs> show, which is done under my alias. Read my lips, cool conversations with creatives with AKA Radio Red. That's me. That's the artist who does this stuff. And uh, once in a while, I have a show here on Technology Revolution. I'll go back to that banner in a second. And I'll say to him to Mickey, have you got anybody interesting? And that's how I met Glenda. Glenda, I think you were on the creativity show first. Yeah. And then you introduced me to Gene. And then I said I had needed two fillers because the two people originally on part one with Gene and Glenda weren't available today. And so Mickey said, I have JR read your bio. And I said, she's perfect. And then she said, how about Jason? And here we are. That's how shows get put together. We've got three minutes. Let's do a, uh, I'll give you each about 30 seconds, I'm looking at the clock here, 30 seconds for a wrap up on how AI is making a difference in your human creativity. Let's start with you, Gene. We'll go around the same order. So Gene, what's the best thing AI is doing for your creativity? 30 seconds, go. I'm going to keep us all in gallery. No problem. Uh, so for, for me right now, the best thing AI is doing is it's getting me back into writing myself. Um, it, there's, uh, I'd, I'd like role-playing games. I, I play games like Call of Cthulhu, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I write a lot in that. And in the context of that, there's a lot of drudgery. Oh, I've got to come up with 45 NPCs that populate this town. And I don't really give a fuck about them. Um, so, uh, let's just have them in there. Right. Heck and with a family this thing, show. Yes, yeah, this thing will, will knock them all out for me. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. And allow me to do the stuff that's the fun stuff the stuff that I really enjoy doing. So Thank you. There's your third. Perfect. Jason Palmatier, 30 seconds. What has it done to improve your creativity? Well, I don't actually use AI in any way. I need to probably do that considering I'm writing AI stories. But uh, for me, it's mostly thinking far future about AI and like where they could mm-hmm. end up. And so that's actually uh, probably the biggest, big, biggest impact is thinking, wow, if they end up like us, then we have a lot of questions that need to be answered about how we treat them, how society treats them and, and what their status is in society. So, so uh, the short story is going to probably get expanded into a book that addresses those kind of issues. Thank you. So the question could be answered, not just do you use it, but do you write about it? Do you think about it? That's AI is impacting your creativity. JR, 30 seconds, go. Same idea. I don't necessarily use AI for writing. Uh, Well, I don't use it for writing. I use it for ideas. I use it for Mm -hmm. possibilities. And so it's a new technology. I'm curious about it. And so I go and poke at it, right? And so I think, ah, well, what if I did this? What if I tried that? Is it any good at it yet? How can I get better at it? How can it improve? And so I think about those things and then incorporate those ideas, like Jason is saying, essentially, it's the idea of the technology that then Mm -hmm. gets into the writing. So the other thing that's really nice is that it's essentially a compendium of some version of all of human knowledge, right? So you can check with it and see what's been done, and then do something else 
<laughs> Thank you. Like, Glenda, Glenda, so you get your 30 weird. seconds. I got to go. Glenda. Yeah. Um, I, how I'm using AI is it's real, real basic. Um, I just use it technically to write letters, to do all kinds of stuff that, that takes me a long time or is mundane. And I just need to pull something out that's professional. So I do that. And um, I played around with the songwriting part of it. And I just, I farm it for ideas. I don't, there I don't, go. don't there use it. Go. AI inspired, inspired. That's my artist. Thank you very much. Dean Williams, Jason Palmatier, J.R. Johnson, Glenda Benavides. I want you all to put up your finger on the count of three. You're going to join me and say, no, no, no. Gene, you've done this before. J.R., put your finger up. The the nice finger, Jason. On the count of three, people say the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No, no, no. 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 That was too wimpy. Come on. One, two, three. No, 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 no. 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 That's it. No. to wake up because that was yesterday's future oh that was the last sentence is already in the past i said it it's gone we're all gonna work our best to make the future a better one in every possible way don't go away we're gonna take pictures everybody wave goodbye thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now mark your calendar to join host bonnie d graham every wednesday at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now